What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's show, we'll discuss Irv Gotti's recently viral Train Camps interview and discuss whether or not he went too far. We'll also discuss the first alternate reality virtual rapper that was actually signed to a major label. Is this the future of hip hop? Then we'll react to the game's 10 minute diss track entitled The Black Slim Shady and discuss how we felt about it. Then the crew will discuss murdered on your own track moments and songs where guest MCs stole the show. We'll revisit some songs with featured guests that upstaged the primary artists and ones that we personally feel are the most impressive tracks where MCs stole the show. Then for our album Face Off, we'll be putting Sincerely Detroit by Apollo Brown against Spell My Name Right the album by Static Selector Weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. <laughs> what's, what's going on, my brother? What's happening? That is a classic line from a classic movie, bro. Indeed. <laughs> hey boys, look what I got here. <laughs> oh man, you should do that at a Trump rally. <laughs> I absolutely would do that. I would need I would need some backup, but I would totally do that. <laughs> Pull you out from under a rock. Straight up. <laughs> oh man. Thanks, bro. I needed that laugh. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I needed that laugh. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of existential crises going on, but I, 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 I'm making it. I'm making it. But how are you, man? Chilling, bro. We're uh, hoping. I'm really hoping I'm not getting no bad news at work. But they talking. Uh, I might have to go on, on the clock for like 20 days straight. Whoa. Yeah, man. When you say 20 days straight, you mean 20. 24 hour shifts or how does that work for you is it you do like one shift one eight hour shift typically i work um you know a regular eight hour shift but if uh if, if things go poorly i could be on like basically on call at any time mm. for 20 days oh wow 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 yeah i know reggie's got like a similar situation i i'm i don't know enough to say you know how he is compares to yours but i know for a lot of people that 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 could be the case especially if you hit like a a rough patch where a lot of things have to be done within a short a period of time exactly so yeah oh man that sucks but hey gotta do what you gotta do man bills need pretty, to be paid <laughs> that's pretty much it you know lights kid. go off if you don't do it and uh, you know the re-up don't pay for itself so <laughs> Sure don't. Sure don't. <laughs> Stavo need his money. <laughs> quick. Quick. And one time. Hell sleet of snow. <laughs> yeah, and uh yeah, the, the kids need school clothes, man. We had to um I'm sure I'm sure y'all probably went back already too, right? Yeah, it just started last week. Okay, okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, my son is getting at that age where uh, you know, he's picking out his own clothes and whatnot. So, you know, we 
we gave him his choice of sneakers. It was like, dude, pick out two of the three, you know, and one of the pairs of shoes he wanted. It was they were just some Nikes, like wasn't available. So I, we got him another pair, and he he deemed them drippy. So I, I guess we we did okay. <laughs> So, you know how it goes with these young kids, man. But yeah, we are. I, in fact, I just found out not too long ago. I was on the news today because uh, I was at my son's school. They do this big back to school celebration every year on the first day of school. So since he's been in school, I try, we, you know, we try to support and be there uh, for, for the festivities. And sure. uh, uh, CBS News was there. And apparently they caught footage of me and my wife standing around looking like oh, parents. Wow. And yeah, we ended up on the news, which is good for my image. The mayor rose needs that. I need that, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Protect family. the right like image it. to my family and my community. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly, know. it keep you above reproach when when them goofy <laughs> niggas try to break in the car get dealt with. Exactly. Hey, I, I didn't know nothing about that, officer. <laughs> I was at the school with my with my baby. Right, with all the babies. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> selling poison to the and, and pencils. <laughs> oh man yep yep so man a lot going on man a lot going on in the world of hip-hop man um i, I think we got time for this because we we i think it's probably gonna be just us two tonight and I, I know vince had a uh, a family emergency he had to, had to deal with okay but, but did you see the um this is not big news the the, the news about angela yee departing from the Be- breakfast club I like seen bits and pieces about like headlines, whatever, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. Okay, okay, yeah. The the reason I the only reason I really paid attention to it was because the way she announced it, when she said the Breakfast Club is, you know, it is over. So I thought oh, wow. they were they were ending the show. Period. I didn't think it was just her departing because, to be quite honest, like you know, not to diss her or anything, but like I felt she contributed the least to that radio show. Right, you know, it was kind of like Charlemagne and DJ Envy doing most of the interviews and the commentary, and really Charlemagne. So, so I didn't really care too much. But um, what do you think about the brand of the Breakfast Club? Do you think it's something that still has? Is the brand still strong? Uh, I hate to borrow Deezus and Muro's words, but uh, do you or do you think it's kind of on its way out? And they, the respective hosts, have kind of outgrown that that format. Um, it's hard to say. I, I, it seems to be strong. Like, it seems like, you know, rappers and, and, and entertainers, um, still kind of check in with them, especially when they got projects to promote and such. But you definitely see the growth with the host, especially Charlemagne in particular. Like, he's doing a lot of things. So I think the brand is fine, but something like this was probably bound to happen um just as people grow you know you you may want to put your own stamp on your own projects and you know angela probably felt like how most of us felt maybe she wasn't contributing as much to the show as perhaps she would have liked maybe she was being you know intentionally marginalized or you know potentially just not enough room for her to spread her wings and i like i didn't really look at any of her reasoning um like i said i didn't watch it that closely but <clears throat> yeah, i could you, see a world where that that would happen yeah i i didn't even think about that you you brought up an interesting point because that unfortunately that does happen sometimes to women 
in these uh, male-dominated formats, you know, they, they might not have just given her much to do or they might have even actively discouraged her from, you know, over-talking her two male hosts. It's, it's totally possible, you know. Right. Um, and maybe she just said, okay, I've, I've ridden this train as far as, it, you know, it can go. But, you know, I don't know. Like, like I, as far as the brand goes, like, it's, it's for me, it's hard to say because the nature of you know radio and who really pays attention to it still but i mean i take it they had a pretty huge following but you know the majority of their um views and listens came from youtube i mean that's how i i was exposed to them you know because right we're, we're not in in new york so you know it's i think the brand that's indicated can, though yeah 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 absolutely you know i i think the brand is strong but what I would like to see actually more of is just just more alternative voices, you know, it, within mm. the culture. You know, I keep meaning to check out this one chick. I can't even pronounce her name. Uh, she started off as a writer, actually, for these Samuro. Is it Zoe or Zywe or how do you say her name? Z-I-W-E. I just Zoe, I guess. I mean, I just see it written. I don't I don't quite know how to pronounce it myself. Okay, but I hear she's a really good interviewer, and uh, but her show just doesn't—it's not—it doesn't have the same traction, you know, as right. a decent Stimuro or you know Trevor Noah. I saw one interview she did where she interviewed um, Chet Hanks and kind of like put the screws on him about like his whole like fake patois accent. Yeah, and like <clears throat> her humor is a dry humor, but. I liked what I saw, <laughs> you know. I liked what I saw from her, so I'm, I'm gonna try to check her out a little more and just, you know, see what other voices are out there. Cause, uh, you know, I mean, I some people feel funny about Charlemagne. I don't know why. I think he he plays the radio personality dude role well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really have any huge complaints with him. Well, I mean, he does he does his job? And dude been in radio forever. Like he's yeah, he's antagonistic and, you know, intentionally provocative, but that's what the show calls for. Like that niggas wouldn't tune in if he wasn't. <laughs> right, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean and from my what I've seen of Charlemagne, like he doesn't he doesn't go too far off the rails, you know what I mean? Like he he seems rooted in like reality. You know, he doesn't seem to be pushing a a BS narrative, you know what I mean? Right. right, you know, like like you know some other host I can name. But uh, <laughs> speaking of interviews, did you did you see or hear about the Irv Gotti Drink Champs interview? I heard about it. I didn't actually watch it because I just wasn't going to do that. <laughs> three hours, three hours of Irv Gotti was probably two hours fifty eight minutes too long for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I heard about it and I, I was able to watch the highlights. You know, some some saint out out there on YouTube was able to put out a condensed version of what he actually said. But basically, the um, the gist of it is that he kind of went at Ashante in a way that was uh, Ashanti, I should say, in a way that was kind of disrespectful and appeared bitter and was just like an overall bad look. Yeah. And he basically was saying that he, he was putting it out there that they were sleeping together and he thought they were in love. And now, mind you, this is all while he was married. Right. Nigga, y'all wasn't in love. 
Just put that Badu on you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashanti did say she had that good, good, but um, it was just dude. It was a it was a train wreck of an interview on Irv Gotti's part, like. You know, he was calling her all out of name and talking about I found out about her and Nelly from watching TV when they showed up at a basketball game together. And all the while he was married, all the while he was admittedly sleeping with three other women. But he's so stuck on her. And the bizarre part, Jamil, was during the course of the interview, he's like, yeah, this watch I'm wearing, this watch, Ashanti bought me this watch, you know, and yeah it was just weird man it was just weird like he gave me some very weird energy man like you know when he was calling her to be word even ja rule had to step in and be like nah man you can't can't keep calling her to be word like that right you know? and ja rule was trying to redirect the interview into a more positive space him and dj effing you yeah. know but irv wasn't having it you know and, and of course nor he ain't helping <laughs> he just <laughs> i mean but that's what he do like nori wilding anyway i i think i've seen him a cup on a couple of occasions you know he'll, he'll try to bring it back but for the most part he's there for the foolishness oh yeah oh yeah he, he was loving it he was clapping up every bit of it <laughs> <laughs> and you know he wasn't even really asking questions he was just letting Irv talk and letting Irv kind of dig his own grave and it's like come on bro this was 20 years ago it's like what right, who, what right. grown man is still trying to brag about who they smashed 20 years ago 20 years ago 20 I mean I get it ago. it's Ashanti she's beautiful she always has been but like let it go bro let it go yeah but but also it's kind of creepy because yeah you smashed 20 years ago but you was also kind of her boss that's like, probably why she was smashing you know like that's, that's what i'm saying like that ain't nothing to brag on bro like yeah that that could very well be the reason why and maybe they did have genuine feelings for each other eventually but it's just not a good look and then no. to go uh, go on bragging about it after the fact like yo you you coming off like real, real rapey like you you know what i'm saying maybe he didn't pressure her in any way but i'm sure the, the pressure was felt right if you <clears throat> you want to be down with the ink yeah yeah i mean and 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 i'm sure you know stuff like that happens in the music industry all the time but like no doubt when she moved on it was like so hurtful to him like and you could tell he still has not gotten over it and right. I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, maybe that was like the first time he really experienced rejection as a wealthy man. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a guy like him, you know, hey, let's just be honest. Like, she's like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with no chicks who look like Ashanti. Not at all. You Not know, all. it's like, yeah, she leveled up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Going, right. going to Nelly and he just, man, he just wouldn't get over it. and she ran when when i got indicted by the feds and, you know it's like well bro she's an r&b singer she ain't signed up for none of this street stuff and right her, what was her, she supposed to do her label is getting investigated by the feds like don't nobody got time for that at all make moves i'd have, I'd have bounced too if it was me and some woman absolutely i'm gone but i gotta i gotta give props to ja Rule, man he i gotta give him his flowers bro he 
I, I've heard a, a, a quite a few interviews of his over the past two years where he he talks about his career and the whole 50 Cent thing with a lot of clarity, man. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he he accepts what happened. He's totally at peace with it. He's like, look, I got to live like a rock star for five, six years, you know, which is more than what most people are able to do. I'm happy. I'm at peace. You know, we couldn't really, we ain't had a muscle to go up against the Interscope machine. And, you know, it was what it was. And, you know, he made his mark and he was like, I I, I lived out my, my hip hop lifespan, basically. And like, I got to give props to him for that. Yeah. He, you know what? He seems to be a pretty level-headed dude in general because when he was getting like clown clown over the fire fest he, he didn't seem to really be tripping like that like he was taking it all in stride like it, you know whatever you know I'm, I'm here for all the jokes but and then was trying to you know revamp it into something different i i can applaud that yeah 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 i can with some that. perspective man like people gotta admit just objectively that ja rule is a better rapper than 50. He was. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even close. He was. He was absolutely a better rapper than 50, but he was not a better troll. <laughs> that is facts. He was not a better troll. And like to be honest, I kind of got to push back on the whole narrative that 50 Cent ended his career because as Ja Rule already pointed out, he was already at, at the time the 50 beef really went public. You know, Murder Inc. was already under investigation by the feds. They were going under, and he was like, "You know, when you're when all your the label's assets are frozen, you can't book studio time. You can't buy right. pr- production. So it was kind of hard for him to put out material to kind of, you know, counter that that beef a little bit. Right. And um, you know, he was saying, you know, I I had already been in the public eye for a good four or five years, and it's like when you look at most hip hop stars. After about four or five years, that's when, you know, the audience gets a little bored with them and they're ready for the next new shiny toy. Mm. You know, it's not wrong. And uh, I mean, because it happened to 50. I mean, yeah. Think about like five years after To Get Rich or Die Trying came out. Like that was what, 2008, maybe. And by that time, it was all about, you know, Lil Wayne. Mm hmm. Rick Ross. Um, Easy. You know, yeah, yeah, Kanye West. It was, it was, you know, the climate had changed. Yeah. But yeah, man, Ir- Irv-, Irv going out bad, man, on this one, man. Like, like uh, he need to get his mind right. And he could do that if he shopped at Oso Medicinal, the, the online apothecary where you can uh, purchase teas, tinctures, uh, salves. What else? Uh, sea moss gels, a lot of very, very good and reasonably priced uh, organic products to help you out with stress, help you out with uh, focusing, um, and just overall health and wellness. Osomedicinal.com. Check them out. <laughs> Gotta get the plug in. For black businesses. Please do. Please do. Yeah, we need more of those, man. But uh, yeah, it's a trip, man. When when you gotta go, man. Where's Ja? What's Ja Rule got to say in all of this? <laughs> Yo, that that joke will never not be funny. <laughs> Who 
just what y'all rule thinks at a time like this. I don't want to dance. I'm scared to death. <laughs> Where's Ja? Where is Ja? <laughs> oh man. Um. Next thing I want to cover, man. The first virtual rapper has been signed. You sent me this article, Jamil. Um, yeah. Let me pull it up. It is about an AI-powered rapper by the name of FN Mika, uh, powered by artificial intelligence, and it just they signed this virtual rapper to a major label. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that works, but to quote from the article, it says that according to Music Business Worldwide, the robot rapper FN Mika has signed a deal with Capitol Records and dropped his first single, Florida Water, which features Gunna and a gaming streamer, Clicks. It says the AI-powered virtual rapper is the creation of Anthony Martini and Brandon Lee. The men are co-founders of Factory, new a virtual record label, who are the first to quote-unquote sign the robot rapper. According to Martini, the rapper's voice is a real human, but everything else is based off AI technology. It says everything else about him, from his lyrics to the chords and tempo underpinning his music, is all based on AI. Uh, FN Mika's fan base is huge on social media, and in just over a year since his creation, he has already amassed 10 million followers on TikTok and over a billion views on the video sharing platform. Um, so, Jamil, I don't even know how to make heads or tails of this. What was your reaction to this? I hated it. That was my reaction. I hated it. Like, maybe I'm old man yelling at Cloud. But I hate the TikTok babies and what they're doing to music in general. Um, I'm here for pushing pushing culture forward and um, pushing the music forward using the, the technology of the day. Like I, I definitely say, embrace all of that. But this uh, gimmick is is taking out or does take away a really essential part of what makes hip hop culture and really music in general or expanding it out to art in general uh, special to me like this is a reflection of somebody's inner creativity you know and, and, and the soul and passion and you know the work that that individual is putting in and, and the, the, the unique perspective that that person has and to kind of distill it down basically to a program sure is going to you know, you're going to be able to, to, to market that because it's it's the new technology and it, and it kind of uh, goes along with where the media in general is going with, you know, moving toward Web3 and the metaverse and just all of these virtual spaces that uh, apparently we're going to occupy at some point. Like, I'm cool with all of that conceptually, but... I can't see how you're going to end up with a dope MC out of that. And it, it doesn't feel like this is even being marketed for that purpose. Like this is just for, um, it's, it's, it's to feed the algorithm even further. You know what I mean? And I, I, I can't rock with this one. Yeah. Something about this really bothers me. What I find so disturbing is that like the dudes who created this, AI robot rapper, virtual rapper, whatever, they're already heads of their own tech firm or whatever. 
Um, so, so this isn't like the creation of like a couple of kids from the hood who say, "Oh man, it would be cool to do if we developed our own, you know, virtual rapper or whatever." Um, right. And when you look at the the images of this thing, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. It's, it's <laughs> like when you said, it, it, "I guess it's supposed to be a dude." I didn't see that at first. I, I actually thought it was a woman. Or a, a female avatar? No, no, it's a dude, and it's like he's he's. It's a, anyone who hasn't seen it, he's you know his skin is like chocolate brown, but he's got like these like neon green pupils and these neon green dreads or braids on the top of his head. Side of his head is shaved. You know, this gaudy jewelry or whatever on him, like. But it looks like something from a uh, man. What's that game? It looks like it looks like something from Fortnite. G- yeah, Fortnite or even GTA, a GTA character. You know, it doesn't look appealing or cool at all. <clears throat> and then he's got this this weird thing going on with his mouth. But like this disturbs me because it's like, has hip hop gotten so lazy that we can just and yet still marketable while being lazy that we've gotten to a point where we could say literally a robot can do your job better than you like and this is why the standards for like hip-hop need to be high and there needs to be gatekeepers and needs to be people who call out stuff that's whack because it's like this is where we'll end up you know and it's it's telling that you know you don't see any i mean not to say it can't happen but you don't see any virtual country singers you don't see any virtual rock and roll artists you don't see any virtual jazz artists because like those people the people who support those genres require their performers to have talent and i just think we've gotten to a point in the culture where everything is so much about a vibe you know it really doesn't matter who or what the music is coming from and i and 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 the human element to me is what makes it real um you know and this is just disturbing like like at best this would be a very short-lived fad and people would be like okay later for this but at worst it could catch on man like it could catch on and you know when you take that human element out of it like human emotions human experiences you know uh, what do you got what do you got i think it will catch on though because of that reason like it's it's it it is about a vibe and i think it's because when you take the the human connection out of it and you just yo this is how i feel in a moment you don't necessarily have to relate to the artistry at all right it's just this is how i feel right now which makes it much more accessible to the masses like if i'm if i'm uh, a person who doesn't like so take somebody like like uh i was gonna say push but but push is a, a bad example just because me and neptune was back he got a following up uh, sorry the kid okay so somebody like that you kind of have to have a certain connection to life experiences to really appreciate what he's got going on it might not even be your cup of tea personally but you, you need to have had you know some age on you some some have seen some things to to kind of understand some of what he's doing um and because of that that's gonna bar entry from some people that's not marketable to the masses right it's gonna it's gonna rock with a certain um 
group of people, but that's not going to sell billions of units. And that's certainly not something that you can feed to the algorithm that's going to then, you know, spawn like TikTok uh, challenges and things like that. Whereas when it is disconnected from any any real experience and it's just, you know, how I feel in that moment. Um, I mean, because if, if you look at a lot of these challenges that are coming out, they'll take like super dope songs, but a, like a snippet of it to take it completely out of context. And that becomes the thing. Whereas you're missing the, the whole point of whatever this piece of art was to make it marketable and, and quite frankly disposable. And that's where a lot of everything is going on to these bite-sized chunks that can be, you know, packaged and repackaged and, you know, resold and, and redistributed relatively easily uh, and quickly. I guess it's probably the biggest thing because you can reproduce it so quickly. If it's marketable, if it's, it's lucrative, then yeah, it's good for business to continue doing that. But the art suffers and will continue to do so. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, this is just, <clears throat> I don't know, this is bizarre to me. It's like, man, who is this for? Like, you know, is it possibly for the young, young kids? Like, yeah. I hope not, because that feels kind of inappropriate for them. But I mean, it's for people who are on TikTok and social media. I mean, that's, and that's, you know, that's the young kids. Yeah. Everybody yeah. under 18. So, you know, I, I would hate to see this catch on, but like, <laughs> who's to say, man? Who's to say? Like, <laughs> I think that, I think this could be really cool in the hands of the right folks but this this does not appear to be that case this is like you said some tech bros who have built something that you know they kind of found a a, a niche market that they can exploit which you know from a business perspective i'm down with like yeah make your bread but also these people don't care nothing about hip-hop man at all they just realize that you know this is a uh a window of opportunity that they they took advantage of and unfortunately we gonna be the ones that suffer because this this nigga looks like an idiot whoever this uh <laughs> this avatar is and that becomes the the representative of hip-hop culture for some people or by extension just black people in general like we all become attached to this buffoonery and for what and two weeks of two weeks of fame like yeah. i'm with you I, I hope that it it doesn't catch on and last that long but i could absolutely see a world where it would i mean he got a record deal so it's like now how do you sign a virtual artist like what that contract look like i don't even know bro i don't even know but like you know the two creators i guess they're the ones going to be seeing all the money from it because it doesn't have to go to an actual performer you know right. and if you sign a capital record it's like man okay that means albums are forthcoming you know and it's just it's 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 just one more messed up thing about the industry to me because there's so many dope you know what i mean unsigned cats out here who are putting in work willing to keep putting in the work to be successful and actually give you something worth listening to but like labels are signing niggas that ain't even real you know in in in, in, in more ways than one you know 
word. We used to talk about niggas being fake because of their personas. Now niggas is really fake, like not <laughs> not human. <laughs> right, right. It's... Not in any tangible way. These niggas is binary code. Man, this is bizarre, man. But uh, speaking of bizarre, have you heard the game's diss, uh, his, his, his own wax diss to, uh, aimed at Eminem entitled The Black Slim Shady? And it's apparently one of the tracks on his newest album, Drillmatic, which is a 31 track album uh, that features 30 guest appearances. Um, but he's got this track on here, The Black Slim Shady. Uh, did you hear it? I did. Or did you hear about the beef at all? Or I mean, I had been hearing him say stuff kind of all summer. Um, I did hear the track. Um, I thought conceptually it was actually kind of creative. But it's so corny, man. It's so corny. Like, it, it, it just comes off as this really bizarre attempt at attention and just like pole smoking of the highest order <laughs> like and I, I thought the idea of Stan's little brother I thought that was clever and he did have a couple lines in here and there that I thought were, were kind of witty but overall I feel like the execution was 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 trash maybe because of um everything attached to it and the timing of it like what's what was the point what were you what were you trying to accomplish here like this should have dropped 15 years ago and maybe i could have respected it a little more if it had dropped 15 years ago i would have been i would have been um it still would have not not hit for me like you, you know what i mean like 15 years ago was still like what 2007 yeah, but Eminem, I mean, I guess he wasn't at the top of his game at that point, but he was still... He was relevant. You know, he was relevant. Certainly a lot more than now. And, and right now, it just feels... That that feels desperate. Um, like, I don't have an older brother, but I can imagine this is what that's like when you're trying to reach... You know, you're trying to irritate your older brother or, or do something to get get his attention. That's what it, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's good, Reggie? What's going on? Nothing much. What's happening? What's happening? What's up? What's up? Jamil, how you doing, man? Yo, Reg, I want to get your, your thoughts on this before I, I I share mine. Did you hear this this game diss on Eminem? This song entitled "The Black Slim Shady." And if you did, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I heard it. Um, I'm just not. I'm not a game fan, man. Um. I kind of feel like Jamil when he's kind of like like it's like a cry for help, you know what I'm saying? With his his uh, older brothers or something like that, for, or for his other brothers, like he's looking for attention. Hold on one sec. Hold on one. Sec. Yeah, do you think? Yeah. Well, when Reggie comes back, I'll let him finish. But like, I, I just I, I, it's bizarre to me because it's not like Eminem did anything to to merit a full-blown you know battle on wax with the game and it right. feels it feels like he's still butthurt over that super bowl uh performance yep, yep. you know because he was like uh, how they gonna have 50 he not from la how they gonna have eminem he not from la and it's just like okay you've already carried the 50 beef as long as you can take that you know we've already seen how that movie ends so it's like right. okay now i'm gonna start taking shots at eminem 
and he's kind of low-key took shots at Dre, you know, over the past year or so. And when he was piling around with Kanye, and apparently some of his crazy wore off on the game, and he was like, yeah, Kanye did more for my career than, than Dr. Dre did, you know. And, mm, uh, you know, it just it just feels very trollish and... I don't know. It's like it's it, it. The track played out like he had some sort of weird admiration for Eminem, and it's let's not. Did I mention the little important detail that it's ten minutes long, bro? Like that's what made it weird. Why? Why? What? I don't know. I don't like. Who was this for? Also, like who's yeah, crying for? Who, who's who's clamoring for? <laughs> for more game, first of all, and certainly this this version of it. It's kind of the same thing that he does often anyway, where he reaches for help, except this time, instead of just simple name dropping, which he did quite a bit of that too. Um, but now it was, it was, you know, targeted at, at one person. I, yeah. I thought the whole thing was weird. Yeah, because it sounds like he has a weird admiration for Eminem, you know, but at the same time was still trying to diss him, you know, and he's blaming right. how nobody listens to his stuff. But then he he mimics and apes the style at several parts throughout the so-called diss and like proves that like, oh, yeah, you've listened to quite a bit of Eminem, in fact, you know, right. and um, it just it just feels weird. It feels try hard. It's like. He's still so obviously hurt that the people he thought he was going to come in the game with and co-sign him kind of really kind of I don't want to say they they turn their back on him because they would never really that beholden to the game in the first place. The only the, the one person who was was 50 Cent, you know, and, and right. we saw how that played out. But it's like, you know, game strikes me as a person who wants to be cool with everyone in the industry, but he he lacks the social skills to 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 be cool with everyone in the industry so he just resorts to name dropping and disses right kind of get people to pay attention to him like you know i mean these people ain't messing with me on any level these people i admire so i'm gonna just turn on the hill and start calling them out and that that'll get their attention that's that's what it feels like uh yeah. but Richie, you, you back man did, did, did you yeah. hear the track yeah so i heard the track um but I mean, again, kind of what y'all was saying already, uh, just piggybacking off all that. It just seems, it, it just irritates me listening to him because um, you can tell he's a fan of of Eminem. And like you said, it's just almost like he's just trying to get his attention. He just wants like, some attention. And so he's doing the most to get it. Um, I don't really like the fact that he name drops so much. It irritates my soul. Right. Like, like it's not even just in that song like i listen to the album which is actually pretty good there is so some good know, songs on there you know that, that he has talent but he can't go a song without name dropping and it, it irritates me man like it's it's so i don't know it's like as soon as i hear it it's like i want to change the, the same the song or you know what i'm saying listen to something else and it's like it's 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 so disheartening because it's like I know he's talented, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like if you that talented and you able to diss somebody, you should be able to diss them without naming their name. You know what I'm saying? Like the art in yeah. dissing is also subliminal. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And he just he he lacks that in every category. Like so he irritates me, man. Like 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, because I think he's so focused on being considered one of the goats. It's like he actually forgot to be great, you know, and um, right, correct. You know, it's a shame because, like you said, Reggie, there are some good songs on the album, <laughs> like. Yeah. But it's like, man, when I think about the idea of digesting a 31 track game album, I'm just like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I feel like he's a student of the game. So I feel like he feels that he has to battle somebody in order to, like, get recognition, kind of like how everybody else did to get on. Mm. But he's not getting the attention from everybody else to like respond they almost feel like he's not worthy of responding to well i i i can see that scenario definitely but like he's not responding how real artists respond and that's by focusing on giving your listeners grade a material you well know? no i'm talking i'm talking about the people that he's dissing like he's he's this he's this or tried to diss jay-z a few times but oh, yeah, and jay-z wasn't chirping back he hasn't given him the energy you know he might have threw some subliminals but he hasn't given him the energy to the name say his name or anything and then he's this some other people uh from the east coast and they the same way they like dude i'm not i'm not giving you the time of day and so it's like he keeps throwing this fishing line out there and he's getting no bites and then it's like you got this frustrated person and it's like this is what you have like he just can't make music just to make it right yeah yeah and he he comes out and he says stuff like you know, like my music's going going to stand on its own and i'm not courting controversy but then he does this eminem crap he does this stuff with kanye with kanye hops on the track and he's going at, at, at pete davidson and it's like you know then he made these little comments about kanye west being uh having helping him out way more than dr dre ever did and it's just like you doing the exact same thing you said you would not do game and then you drop a 10 minute eminem uh, this it's like man f out of here with this like miss me with this game like like this is this is this is why niggas don't mess with you man like right. you know and it's like there have been plenty of artists who come out hot they have the respect when they come out hot but then they cool off what do you do you 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 give us something good you give us some good material when everybody was like man common's living on, on the moon right now like i don't know what's wrong with him he came back and he dropped b and he'll find it forever right behind that when everybody was writing Nas off what did he do he came back with with king's disease and king's disease too and magic you know the greats the true greats know how to do that right you know so you know take a page out of their book man and just focus on giving us some good music and a good album that's not 31 tracks long like what are you doing man like He's and then it's called drillmatic you said what you you said what you mean <clears throat> he's focusing on the, the accolades like he's he's chasing he's chasing specifically the the, the love or the accolades that come with um, having created something dope without actually having done that like you skipping stuff bro yeah he he um i don't know man it's, it's a shame because he, he is a dude with some with a with a certain level of skills and man he's just not he's just not leaning on him 
you know, and then to call the album Drillmatic, it's like, it, I, I take it as a nod to Illmatic, but then you throw Drill in there and it's like, bro, that's the Drill, man, that's the young people's thing. Let them have that. Like, what are you doing? You don't do Drill music, bro. Like, at all. <laughs> like, it's all, it's all weak. Like, quit throwing lifelines and stand on your own. That this, the dude is so insecure and it comes through in everything that he does. And, ha- and has his entire career like like i feel like he got imposter syndrome and don't know how to hide it or something <laughs> seriously could be man like like do he not feel like he deserved the spot because he stayed you know throwing the lifelines out in one way or another either it's bigging somebody up to try to get their attention or dissing them to try to get their attention and then when that doesn't work he'll turn around and, and make this grandiose statement about himself that he clearly doesn't believe either because none of the work that he's putting out would would suggest that he believes in himself I, because I of how he, it because of how it's, it's it's made. I think he does believe in himself. I, I really do. I just I think he just wants other people to believe in him very badly. <laughs> you, know? Mm-hmm. you know, hence the name drop. You know, um, that that's what I think. But enough about game. Um, <laughs> Let's move right along to our main topic for the night, which is murdered on your own track moments, man. Um, from time to time um, in the rap game, you know, we get collab collaborations and collaborations are, you know, a good thing, you know, when artists kind of bounce off each other. And from time to time, when an artist invites another MC onto a track, sometimes what happens, uh, which is a gift for the listeners, that guest artist who's featured on that track will steal the show it might even murder the other mc who's who's on the track that he's featured on who's, who's the owner of that track and uh over the years man a lot of mcs have had moments like this and to be honest with you man that's that's kind of how a lot of artists kind of gain notoriety i know one in particular uh cannabis um mm-hmm. That was kind of like his calling card before his album actually dropped. And that's what kind of, you know, did the work of drumming up excitement for this dude and, and, and all of that. So I wanted to give the floor to you all. I have two articles queued up as well that highlight uh, what it feels to be rap's biggest stole the show or murdered on your own track moments. But I wanted to give the floor to you all first and ask you all, what were some of you all's favorite or what you feel are some of the biggest murdered on your own track moments by by guest MCs? I got a lot of them. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm ready. You okay. might have some of mine. I'm sure. Uh, I got Paul Wall on Juice with uh, Toby and Wegue. Hmm. Um, Dre Three Thousand with Rick Ross on Sixteen. Method Man on Mob Beat with Extortion. Lil' Kim with Mob Deep on Quiet Storm. Cannabis with the Lost Boys on Beats from the East. Uh, Keith Murray with uh, LL Cool J, I Shot Ya. Mm. Twister with Razzcast on All or Nothing. Black Twister Star. and Razzcast on All or Nothing. Yeah. What was that from? Uh... Uh, I can't think of what album that was on. It was a Razzcast track, though. 
Okay, I'm gonna it might have been a mixtape. Okay, I'm gonna they had a couple tracks together though. Hmm, okay. Um, I got Black Thought on Vero Mont's Rapid Eye Movement. Mm. Um, That's a slapped on one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got Bust on Scenario. Mm, good one. Comment on Respiration. Comment on Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't even think of that one. Uh, Wayne on Bash Money with West Side Gun. That's a good one, too. I got uh, Royce on uh, the original Renegade. I didn't hear that one. Um, oh, yeah. Then I got Eminem on the, uh, the the album version of Renegade. Okay. And I got Rakim on The Watcher, too. Mm. Yeah, you just reminded me of one I forgot to include. Um, wow. Okay. So you gave me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen, man. Um, I skipped a few. <laughs> uh, I have a lot, man. Man, I have not heard Twister on Razzcast is all or nothing. I'm gonna have to do some research on that. Paul Wall on Juice. Who was the, who was the main artist on that? Toby and Weegway. Oh, Toby and Weegway. Okay. Speak on that, that before. I don't think I um, have. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I feel like you might have been the one that told me about it. It was um. I probably saw Paul had, Wall's name and was just like, I don't need to hear this. <laughs> I feel you. I hadn't heard Paul Wall in years prior to that, and I really didn't care about it. But no, Paul Wall been showing out lately. Yeah, and that was I think the first, the first of his like coming out. This 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 came out maybe a year before that album drop came out. Um, and Toby is dope, obviously. But Paul Wall came out swinging and, and you know showed that yo I could I could do this for real. Like it ain't just about you know grill lines. If you're pardon the pun, he um he really he really has some 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 heat on that one. Okay. With that you know Texas draw, it wasn't like overly complicated, but his flow was crazy on that one. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm go through these real quick, and and some of these you might have to defend Jamil, and then I'm I'm gonna get to Reggie. Um, Rock him on the Watcher. It's been a while since I heard that track, but I do remember him having an, an exceptional verse on that. I remember thinking like, why hasn't Rock him and Jay Z collaborated before this? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that. Uh, M on Renegade, that's a standard one. In fact, that was the song that prompted Nas to come up with the term or with the phrase murdered on your own ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that now that's that that's in the lexicon. That's in the hip hop lexicon. Right. Solely co-sign that. Royce on Renegade. I can't, I don't recall hearing a version with Royce on it. Yeah, apparently that was the original joint. Um, really? And it didn't and, make the and- album? Well, Jay, Jay, Jay took it. Oh, okay. It was so it was just Eminem and Royce. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Okay. I guess that was a smart business move then on M's part. For sure. Wow. I mean, I'm a, I'm a it would have just up. been a mixtape joint. Um, it, it's got to be on a K Slate mixtape. I'm sure you can find it though. So is that version just M and Royce or is it M? Royce yeah, Royce? it's just it's just M and Royce. Wow, okay, I'm gonna look that up. 
Uh, Lil Wayne on Bash Money, no surprise there. That was like, man, it was so many good guest verses on that. Um, on that West Side Gun hit with Where's Herman's Eight. I, I, I don't even want to say he murdered him or he stole the show because West Side so obviously takes a back seat to a lot of his feature artists. Right. Um, but it was impressive. It was it was definitely impressive. Um, and I cause that was the track that made me go, man, I if if Lil Wayne is rapping like this over these type beats, like, man, sign yeah. me up for, you know, the hit here the next album. Like, like, this is the Lil Wayne I wanna hear. Yeah. Um, Two bad chicks with me, booty beefcake. My homie in the back mashed up like Lucha Libre. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was it was it was front to back fire um comment on respiration that's 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 one i actually forgot about because when you think about the mcs on that track you got common most definitely quality it's like all three of them are bringing their own unique thing and their own you know high caliber uh lyricism you you kind of that song that song was a moment you know what i mean that song was, absolutely absolutely was a moment um, but speak on that a little bit. I just think Common's verse was outstanding. Um, it, it's almost like it got progressively good. Like it wasn't like most Def's verse was whack at all. Um, I think it just got better. Like the track got better and better in Common playing cleanup. Um, just kind of really stole the show with the way his flow was and the topic, considering what the song was about. Like he nailed he nailed the assignment completely and it felt more in like his verse felt more in tune with the theme of the song than anybody else's and it's not to say that the other verses were whack because they weren't common was just better mm, mm, okay okay yeah I, I love that track from again to end i even love the hook you know the yeah hook is, yeah it's so picturesque to me and it, it just matches the beat so well and this was around the time common was like killing it we like guest appearances Yes. And, um, this was like yeah, '98, and uh, I remember a lot of the slang he used in his verse was some Chicago slang, and like mm -hmm. that—that's what spoke to me about the track. I mean, of course, most definitely they did their thing quite well, but to hear Common come on that track and to still hear him, you know, reference things in Chicago and and, and you know how that be like a touchstone for me, like. It is a it is a, an exceptional verse, man. And they just yeah, you got three juggernauts just just going at it. Yeah, props for including that. Buster rhyme scenario, no 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 surprise there. Um, <laughs> that 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 was back when the standards for stealing the show were a little lower, you know. <laughs> fair, fair. But Buster definitely did his thing. In fact, that's definitely on the on the two lists that that I pulled up. Black Thought on Rapid Eye Movement. That that's that one. Um, that one was cool. That's not the Black Thought one I went with, but that one was cool. I might have to go back and revisit that just to see what type of verse he was spitting. But I don't replay that particular Feral Much album very often, so I kind of forgot about that track. Um, that's probably one of my favorite collabs between the two of them. Like that one. That one just a lot of burn for me. Right, right, right. Uh, Andre 3000 on Rick Ross's 16, man. Speak on that, because that's actually on my list. Dre, like, you could put Dre on his list 80 times. 
Um, that was probably just the more recent one. I think Vince might have been the one that convinced me to listen to it because y'all know I'm not the biggest Ross fan. But he, he was like, no, no, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. Oh, it might even be Reggie, one of y'all. Um, just, just for Dre's verse, if nothing else. And you know, Ross did what he could, but Dre came in with, with, with the wrecking ball like Miley and just, just shut the whole thing down. Like Ross was kind of unnecessary for this track, quite honestly. I know it was his song, but we didn't need him. Yeah, I, I think that was one of those moments where Ross understood, yo, this is going to be a moment. I got Andre 3000 on a, on a track. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just fall back and let him do his thing. I don't even yeah. think it was an instance where he was like, I need to step my pin game up because the Andre 3000 nah. is gonna be on the track. Like I, I don't think Rick Ross went in with that mentality. I really think he he understood the gravity at a moment and like was like, yo, just do your thing, bro. And right, I give you space to to do what it is you're gonna do. Yeah, but that was as far as like favorite verses in hip hop. That's that's a show we should do. Favorite verses. <laughs> yeah, that's a show we should do. But as far as favorite verses in hip hop, it's definitely top 10 for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely top 10 easily. Um, Method Man on Extortion. Unpopular opinion. No, I'm sorry. I had an unpopular opinion about another one of your picks. Uh, Method Man on Extortion was cool. Lil Kim on Quiet Storm. Unpopular opinion. I don't think her verse was that great. You smoking? I think her voice and her energy matched well with my beat and that and that particular instrumental. But when you mm-hmm. break down what she's saying, it ain't it ain't mind blowing. Like I know, don't get me wrong, I mess with the track hard, but like, did you I don't did know. you did you listen to Prodigy's verse? Absolutely. Prodigy went talking about nothing on there, man. <laughs> neither neither was Kim. But the track wasn't hers. And for her to be kind of the standout, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I don't I'm know, a... man. I don't, I don't know why heads be acting like that track was like something it wasn't. I don't know. That's just me. Like, All right. Like well, let me switch this one out then. Let me switch that one out. I'll give you one that's a little less controversial. Foxy on Bang Bang with Capone and Noriega. I would have to go back and listen to it. What, what album was that on? Uh, the reunion. I can't even recall it. You, Reggie, you you know what he's talking about? I do know the song, um, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Jay Z wrote it. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, that explains some things. <laughs> fair. 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 I could, be, about I could that. be wrong. It could have been one of the other tracks that he wrote, but I know he wrote one of her feature tracks. That's one of her more um, popular or you know well acclaimed you know what i'm saying versus yeah i see okay all right all right and then lastly you had the keith murray track i'm sorry what was the track you have for keith murray i shot you ll cool j yeah his verse was tight his verse on there was tight i can't even front you know People keep telling me to check out his album, uh, Enigma, which I, I intend to do sooner or later. But yeah, Keith, Keith Murray has a very small but dedicated fan base. But yeah, he he, he delivers. He delivers. Um, Reggie, man, did you have any favorite murdered on your own track moments or stand out 
guest versus where they just stole the show? Um, yeah, I mean, I got a few. Um, I like uh, J. Cole on Wale Beautiful Bliss. Mm. I don't know if y'all ever heard that. I don't think I have. It's when, uh, it's when they both were, you know, all, everybody oh. was at the, the same level in the game, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I think Wale album might have came out before J. Cole's. Um, but J. Cole was burning up the mixtape circuit. And uh, the song is actually, a, you know what I'm saying, a dope song. But J. Cole goes bananas on it. Mm, I'm going to check that out. Um, but yeah, it's called Beautiful Bliss. Um, and then Wale on Currency, what it looked like. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. Like, just just personally, just how it sounds, like the good feel that it brings. Like, it's so melodic. Um, but Wale, he he goes crazy on that. Um, which, which I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't like Wale, but Wale can spit, man, when he want to. Yeah, yeah, when he wants if he to. get out his feelings, you know what I'm saying? He can actually make that's, some good music. That's um, the problem. That right there. Um, Rick Ross on Devil in a Blue Dress. Mm, you thought he yeah. stole the show on that? Man, he murdered that. He yeah, to be helpful, he, he definitely did his thing on that one. I I, I got to agree. I remember him doing his thing. Definitely. Oh, man, you crazy, man. But stole the show. I mean, yeah, it's a kind of track, so it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> um, I, um, you, you guys named a few as well that I had or whatever, but I also thought <coughs> um, Biggie on Flavor in Year. Mm. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that I don't think. Mm-hmm. I thought A Z on Life's a B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. real good one. Also. Um, I can't think of the name of the song. Hold on, give me a second. Um, it's Ghostface on Ghostface on New God Flow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Kanye actually did his thing on that one too. But Ghost, yeah, but Ghost, Ghost came in. Yeah, Ghost talking about uh, he got your chick uh, cooking his walk or something like that. He says he's an Asian get it behind while they like, cooking they walk. Yeah, like that was that was monstrous. Um, I thought Jay Z on Pound Cake, Paris Morton music, um, Drake's joint. I don't remember that one. I, like I remember, I remember people talking about it, but I can't say I remember hearing it. It's on um, Drake's. Uh, it's one of more of his albums that everybody kind of consider like one of his best. I would say it is on uh, Nothing Was the Same, but like. Jay Z goes crazy on that song, um, and it's kind of like a, cause you know they kind of was like not beefing, but Drake was kind of like testing him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when Jay got on the song, you can kind of tell like it was like, all right, young guy, like hold your horses, you know what I'm saying? And he right letting it be known, you know what I'm saying, why he is ill. But yeah, that's just a, a few that I got. Um, I'm pretty sure I got plenty of more if I think about it, but um, those are just a few. No, these are some good ones, man. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I was looking up AZ's verse on "Life's to Be" right now, man. Like, and he just he came in hot. Like, 
Nah, Visualizing the realism of life and actuality. F who's the baddest a person's status depends on salary. And my mentality is money orientated. I'm destined to live the dream for all my peeps who never made it. Like those just opening four bars, man. It was just it just it just grabs you, you know. It's like you know you got to get some some real struggle uh bars here, like um right. but that's yeah, that's an epic verse, man. Like I remember I remember when I first heard it, I was like I was like, AZ, AZ. I'm like, who is that? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, where's his album at? Like, what? <laughs> right. Right, right. And then to come to find out, you know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't even had no album out or, you know what I'm saying? Nothing of the sort. Just homegrown. Like, dude was super nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got some good ones. Uh, Biggie Flavor in Your Ear. That's on a lot of lists. Um, that ghost face with new guy flow, that's a good catch. I, I I never even thought of that one because it's like it was a it was on a compilation album. So it's like I'm not thinking like of this track, like, okay, this is a Kanye track or this is a ghost face track. So um I didn't even think about it as a candidate because I, I'm not really sure, you know, who the host would even be. I guess Kanye in this instance, but Kanye, um, yeah. You know, uh, that was a great verse. That was a great verse over a great beat too. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I mess with, I mess with that song heavy. Um, for me, man, I got I got my usual uh, underground standbys, man. I got Capadonna on Ghostface Killers Winter Wars. Mm. Uh, the Thank forty you. bar bar clinic he put on on that track was just. Nothing short of amazing. Hey, what we about to say, quick, Real quick, because you just mentioned Winter Wars, it's funny that you mentioned that. Did you know Ghost wrote Winter Wars verse to Mass Appeal's beat? Really? Really? Yes. <laughs> That's ill, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's random. That's pretty dope, though. It's the fact that you said um win awards i'm like yo y'all love this this tidbit that i found out <laughs> ghost ghost face was on um primo's uh twitch live and um okay he was like disclosing all that information on him. that's crazy wow wow yeah man but kappa kappa stole the show man kappa yeah. stole the show on that one you know um <laughs> Everybody who knows knows, you know what I mean. Um, another one, I, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'd have a common one. I think I think Jamil's pick might have been a little bit more solid than my pick, but my pick for common was actually his verse on the Roots Act Two. Mm-hmm. Um, the the track where he references coffee shop chicks and white dudes. Yep. Um, dope verse, very picturesque. You know, he he kind of took the. He took the, the the wheel on that particular track and just steered the song in another direction and kind of drove everything home. Not that Black Thought wasn't doing that, but Black Thought was was kind of just doing something a little different on that track. And then Common comes in and he he really gives you some perspective, you know. And uh, I always I always love that verse, you know. That was just yeah. my favorite Common verses. But man, I'm thinking about Respiration. I think Respiration might be better. Another one I have. Oh, no, man, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about that that track. You might be right about that one, as far as because Common, what he did with that one was really was uh, reclaiming his own his own song. 
you know what I mean? This was this was a, a revisiting of I used to love her. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. You know, but yeah, very dope. Very dope. This one is kind of obscure, but Beretta Nine's uh, verse on RZA's "The Holocaust" off the Bobby Digital album. Um, it's a few. Yeah. Episodes. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Which is crazy because it it also features Ghost and <laughs> he didn't have the dopest verse. It does, it does. Um, I'm about to look it up now. Um, Shout out to that video too. They, they did a video for that. You never seen the video for Holocaust? I, I didn't. I didn't know they Bobby Digital had videos. <laughs> look it up. No, that's a dope video. Yes, indeed. I remember it. I remember seeing the work the mink coach was doing. I remember seeing it a long time ago, but I definitely remember seeing that video. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, but yeah, man, Beretta Nine's verses. I mean, he first of all he has a dope voice, so that helps. And then like, because not everybody in Killer Army had a dope voice, but man, he comes in. Uh, you falling down an endless tunnel of doom reality graphically my killer bee family stings the galaxy insanity titanium stomach devouring guinness my flesh is solid stone, solid stone despite, despite my, my outer, outer appearance. appearance still diseases kill viruses planets and racial creatures made them see sprouts mm-hmm. were so bad lost facial features waste your people's left out in the rain fountains of pain 80 shots 80 to the, shots mouth, to the, the mouth and the brain shouting shout in my name like Holocaust, Holocaust black man lost veins littered with thorns back smack you so, so hard and your seals be deformed deformed like swarm dorms like oh. like he he kills it man he can't, I mean ghost kills it too but that's a I, great call that's I got to get a I got to get a certificate to Beretta 9 on that one like like I didn't even need to hear nobody else after that but Ghostface is the icing on the cake but man Beretta 9 just just killed it so thoroughly um, another one I think is worth talking about cannabis's uh verse on commons making a name for ourselves, yeah. Off, yeah. Uh, one day it'll make sense, like, and even Common has said in interviews that after cannabis dropped his verse, he was wishing that he had rewritten his verse. I can you see know? that, so um. <laughs> You know, I mean, you hear the track and it's got that real, a real like bare bones beat. Like it's just really like, you know, some random noises in the background and a drum roll basically. And like cannabis just, oh man, he, he kills it. He kills it. <laughs> he said, uh, what'd he say? Uh, for certain I grabbed, no, what he said, uh, <laughs> where the signal was given MCs get bitten with venom from poisonous algorithm liable to kill them my style will get in them way up in them my face don't belong on the source it belongs on the shroud of Turin for certain I grab mics and murder ish I'm wickeder than Satan worshippers going to Catholic church services you heard it it's lyrical verbalist slash herbalist my wrath is my cold-blooded versus is merciless rap snap get cracked like bear traps contaminate your air sacs like tear gas like yeah, yeah. Com- Common ain't had nothing for that, man. I'm sorry. Now that I think about it, another cannabis verse that probably wasn't heard by a lot of people because the the 
the MC wasn't um wasn't well known like that. But Cap One, he got a song with Cannabis called "Ladies and Willies," which is a terrible track title. Hey, and a terrible song. That's Cannabis song, verse. Cannabis verse is go go hard on that song, but Cap One was cold, man. He was that from particular Chicago. Song was terrible. Yeah, yeah. he's from Chicago. That particular song was trash, though. Like his verse was not good, but he definitely had some heat. That just wasn't it. Mm, I'm, I, I didn't even know that existed. Check it out. I did hear that before. I heard it on like a mixtape or something, like some type of cat. Yeah. I'm gonna check that That's out. Say MCs with thin throats get lynched with thick ropes. Nod to their necks broken and cassette deck smoked. I'm probably the most murderous, merciless version of the modern day Copernicus. The world has ever heard it yet. Cold blooded and rugged. I shove a gun turret to your stomach and start busting till you ish in buckets of dry ice nuggets. Cold freestyle and cold rhyme and cold enough to freeze the music. <laughs> Mucus lining in your side is rock solid, spitting straight running through the competition. Quick and then calculators take the run through long division. Then I spit that whole thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm gonna say it sounds vaguely familiar though. Like the I remember that dry nut that that Ishin buckets a dry nuggets line. I think I do think I did hear that as, at one point because that sounds yeah. familiar. That's something you remember, <laughs> like right, right, right. <laughs> I do remember that. That's dope. That's dope. Um, and then like I got you already talked about sixteen. I got to mention Black Thoughts verse on Bird's Eye View, um, yes. which was on a Static Selector joint where with Raekwon and Joy B. I do think they wanted Black Thought to get off on that because they saved the whole last half of the other instrumental just for him. So I'm not going to call it a murdered on your own track moment, but I will call it a stole the show moment. And then lastly, I have uh, what do I have here? Oh, uh, another cannabis one. Uh, this is Hell from Feral Mach's Internal Affairs. That's um, another good one. I've talked about that one at length, you know, um, you know, on the show before. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely worth checking out. Now, the ones they had highlighted on these articles, just to see if we missed any. Big, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, Kendrick Lamar on Control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely give that one the uh, the nod of approval. Um, Andre 3000 on International Players Anthem. Even though I see that as more of a collab that they really just wanted to be good as opposed to like a competitive thing. Um, when I listen to that track, it's, it's really interesting. I, I guess I didn't catch it at first. The first two, the first and the last verse were about marriage and the ones in the middle was about pimping and it all fits. Um... It, it was it was kind of crazy that Outkast verse were bookending each other, the the beginning of the marriage and the divorce, and still a, a lot of players talking both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they got they got Raekwon skewed on the Barbie from uh, Outkast Equimini on here. I don't remember Raekwon particularly killing it. I remember him doing his thing, but. Not more. Nah, he didn't kill them on that one. I think Dre had the best verse on that track. Oh yeah. Okay, they got scenario, of course. They got Renegade. They got Jay Z's verse from Diamonds from Sierra Leone. That's a good one. Um, they yeah. said uh, I saw on the list too. They said Jay Z on um, Black Republicans. But nah, that was his song, wasn't it? 
I don't know. Oh no, you're right. That was not the song. That was on uh, was it Hip Hop Is Dead? You right? Did anybody check? I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't mean to take. No, no, you good? I was gonna say, did y'all check out the the DJ uh, Clark Kent um, interview? No, but I heard about it. Okay. Well, I'll let you discuss it on another topic. Yeah, I heard about it. Did they drop the whole thing yet? Yeah, yeah. It's long though, so you're gonna have to watch it in parts. But okay, okay. Um, they got Jay Z's verse on Big Pimpin' on here. That was Jay song. Jay Z on Big Pimpin'. I was I'm sorry. Pimpin'. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Pimp C. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Nobody expected him to come out like that. Right. They got John Forte listed for the Fuji's Cowboy song with with Pace One, Young Z, and Rod Digger. I don't remember John Forte's verse on there. I do. It was all right. If if I was gonna take anybody though, it would have been one of the outsiders. Like John Forte's verse was decent, but I might have gone with Pace or or Rod Digger. Yeah, I remember Rod Digger's verse. Oh, here's a good one: Beanie Siegel on the Roots Adrenaline. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good that's one. Good. They used to talk ish, but I'm a quiet them. Kicking the door with my ball. Yeah, he he showed out on that one. Um, let's say, uh, what about Twister on uh, on that Rockefeller collab? Uh, what's that song? Champion. Uh, we got a champion. Yeah, he murdered yeah. that song. Yeah, he did. He to me, he murdered slow jams, and I know like that wasn't a hot, but like. No, and no, is that did. your chick? Just about every time Twister show up on somebody track, he's he's killing the, Ooh, the main artist. He, because he did he did murder uh we were just talking about your boy, uh the game. Yeah. He oh yeah, him. yeah, yeah. And every do or die track he's been invited on, he killed it. He killed Royce on his own track before. He killed three six mafia on their tracks, like yeah, it's, and I think it's because his style is kind of singular, and what often happens is people try to mimic that, but it's more to what Twister does than just rapping fast. Like he rapped fast, but he got bars on top of that. Right, right. Here's here's one. Um, Dmx on Mace's Twenty Four Hours to Live. That's a good one. You could get that to just about all of them though. Like Styles P had a crazy verse on that one too. Nah, but but uh, nah, but but uh, X went crazy. He was on twenty four left until I death. I'm gonna wish that he went crazy on that. I'm gonna cherish every breath. I know exactly where I'm going, but I'm gonna send you there first. You there first. But I've been going. I'm gonna send you there first. Living with the curse. It's all about the end. But before I go, say hello to my little friend. That joint was hard. Right. Yeah. 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 I I, I co-signed that one. What about Nicki Minaj or Monster? You know I what? think that's fair. It is fair. I think that's fair. It is fair, but Jay had just a crazy verse. He kind of did, did, though. Jay's verse is crazy on that. Not, but here's the thing. Nobody expected Nikki to do what she did on it, so I will still give it to her. And but, the beat definitely helped her out with her verse. Yeah, yeah. I think I might agree with you, Reg. I think I think Jay might have had a better verse. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm listening, but I won't... I won't I give Nikki that one, you know what I'm saying? But what Jay was saying on that is way harder than what Nikki was saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just her delivery, man, and her energy yeah. that she came on the track with. Yeah. It did it. Um, Snoop Dogg on Dr. Dre's Deep Cover. This is kind of a no-brainer because nobody was... Once we heard Snoop, nobody was tuning in to hear Dre rap. Ever. On, <laughs> on anything. Here's one I, I don't know how I feel about this. 50 Cent on the games, Hate It or Love It. I don't remember him delivering a particularly good verse. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. To me, the game had the best verse on it. When you say yeah. something about say something about seeing how time flies or something like that, he say something like about his grandmother and something about a watch and see how time flies or something. He said something like that. That's a hard verse. Yeah, yeah. What about cannabis on uh, four three two one remix? Or not the remix, the original. This was the, the original. original. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good good call. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say yeah. I mean, it kicked off a whole beef between him and uh, him and LL. You know, right? Find out that <laughs> they cut his verse or they edited his verse somehow. So it was a di- two different versions of his ver- his verse floating out there. Let's see, they got notorious with Craig Mack. We we already talked about that one. Eminem and Renegade. Um, and then lastly, they have Nas and his verse on Live at the Barbecue featuring the main source. Ah, uh, I, I, I would I would include it, but at number one, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of who did the list. This was complex. Enough hmm. said. Yeah, I would put. Uh, shoot. I mean, like, I, I get what it meant. This was the introduction of the next era parent in rap. I, I, I get the gravity of the moment, but the actual verse itself, I don't know. There's some better verses out there. Like, I would put Kendrick's verse from Control over this one. I think the I think it is definitely because of what the verse represented that puts it that high on the list. I I, I don't know that I personally make that number one. Um, I understand why complex was, but nah, I'm, I'm good on that one. Yeah. At least as a number one. Yeah, but yeah, these are some good verses. I mean, you definitely gave me some research to do, uh, Jamil. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go back and look up that cannabis and Cap One track, and um, and Reggie. I'm gonna go back and look up that uh, that J Cole beautiful bliss and that Wale. What it looked like, and it was something else. Cannabis, and, I mean not cannabis. Twister and Rascals, I think is what you was talking about. Yes, Twister and Rascals, but also the Keith Murray joint. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, also the Keith Murray joint. But yeah, good, good selections, man. Good selections. All right. So after that uh, last album face-off between Danny Brown and LP, I promise y'all that I will come back down to earth with the next uh, album face-off and. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully that's what I did. And this week, I, the two albums I put together or put against each other were actually producer albums, producer compilation style albums, I should say. I thought it would be dope to put, you know, two really good producers together and uh, and see who wins out. And this week we got Detroit going up against Boston. So um, in one corner, we got Apollo Brown with his fifth solo studio album, Sincerely Detroit which was released October 29, 2019 on Mellow Music. 
produced entirely by Apollo Brown. And it clocks in at 21 tracks and 79 minutes. And then in the other corner, we have Static Selecta with his debut solo album, Spell My Name Right, the album. Uh, released November 6, 2007 on Show Off Records. Clocking in also at 21 tracks and it's 61 minutes and it was produced entirely by Static Selecta. So we have both these albums are pretty lengthy, <clears throat> a lot to chew on uh, with these two albums. But uh, between these two, between Sincerely Detroit and Spell My Name Right, which one of these albums were y'all feeling more and why? Um, I'll go. So it was it was interesting. It was an interesting, interesting matchup, I would say. Um, one of these had like yeah, I come back down to earth. I would say so. Okay. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of these had like a lot, a lot, a lot of dope MCs on there. You know, just kind of doing a thing over hot beats, and the other one had terminology on it. <laughs> uh, on a song called Hardcore. No, I'm sorry, called Gangsta Ish. Like, come on, bro, we don't believe. You. What I kind of got out of these two projects, this is kind of the, the dichotomy that exists in hip hop. Like this is stealing power from the public lights to create something and taking your dad's credit card to go buy some equipment. Like the static selector was, yo, let me call all these famous people I know and cut, cut a check to get them on there where the Apollo Brown room was like, yo, I'm just gonna call up the homies to to get them on there. It was something that felt a lot more organ organic and, and real and familial with the Sincerely Detroit. Like it was a celebration of of what they do as a city. Um and it felt like a, a more fluid project than the uh Static Selector did. But Static Selector had better MCs, so <laughs> Reluctantly, I'm going with that one as a oh, as a wow. as a better project. Um, but the sincerely Detroit, I think, was was a phenomenal piece. It's just it's very hard to compete with the caliber of MC that that showed up on the Static Collector. And I give I would give a slight edge to sincerely Detroit on the production side. Okay, um, but. I mean, how do you compete with that roster that 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 you know Static paid for? So that, that's hard to beat. You said that he paid for. <laughs> yeah, you got cuts by DJ Premier. You got you got Styles P. You got Q-Tip. You got Talib Kweli, Consequence, Joel Ortiz, Kooji Rap, Sheik Luch, Cassidy, Freeway, um, Jada Kiss, Royce the Five Nine. Uh, Tony Touch, Dougie Fresh, like Tony Touch, AZ and Cormegas. You had some heavy hitters on here. KRS One, Large Professor, Sky Zoo. You know, yeah, you had some you heavy laughing hitters. When I, you laughing when I said he paid for one, but come on, man. <laughs> for this to be his, for this to be his debut album, like, yeah, you, you paid, you cut some checks for this. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that point of view, definitely. Like, I know he had been putting in work a little bit prior to when this album came out, but, you know, he has somewhat of a name. 
you know, I, but I, I was kind of when it dropped, I was thoroughly impressed. I, I do remember thinking like, I get all these people on here, but um, it was a different time in hip hop too. So um, yeah, you know, that's 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 a factor. Um, okay. is always king though. When the label is, is is backing you, you can do you can do those type of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Reggie, man, did you get to check these two albums out? And if so, which one were you feeling more and why? Uh, I didn't really get a chance to check them out. I heard the Static Selector one already. Um, but I, didn't, I didn't feel like he cut checks, though. But I mean, you know, I didn't listen to the other one either, so I'm, I'm kind of biased uh, overall. Um, but with that being said, I, I'm, I plan on checking it out so that I can give a thorough analysis of, of the two. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, man, very, very highly recommended uh, albums, most definitely. All right, for me, myself, man, um, like I said, I, I was, both albums, actually, I was thoroughly impressed when I, I initially bought them and, and checked them out, because um, I, I didn't know Static Selector at all when I copped this album. I just knew the names on the back, you know? I'm like, oh, man, he got so-and-so and so-and-so. Like, let me, let me check this out. It's just... I'm thinking like, okay, 21 tracks, it's like, some of these gotta be good, you know? So, but the whole album was good. Um, the whole album was good. Um, but yeah, I had never heard of him prior to this release. Whereas with Apollo Brown, I already kind of knew who he was. Um, I had checked out quite a few of his instrumental projects. I knew I knew what I was getting, you know, with, with Apollo Brown going in. And from both of these, man, you got superb, superb production and, and stellar guest appearances, you know, on both. It's almost like an embarrassment of riches in terms of like just dope hip hop tracks. Um, and I had to t- really take a good, honest, and thorough listen uh, and analytical listen to determine who I was going to get an edge to for this one because both producers bring something very pure and authentic and and soulful to to their beats and they're incredibly consistent producers and you could tell they they care about collaborating with actual MCs who with skills you know who who rep the culture properly um but that being said i gotta get an edge to the apollo brown honestly um after giving both a real thorough listen reason being Jamil, you kind of hit on it already. It felt more organic. He he collaborated with nothing but Detroit MCs, but it felt like he took his time with it. It didn't feel like he did a rush job. And he took his time with it to really make a statement album because, um, and, and to make the album he wanted to make, because I've heard him say in interviews, like this was the album he wanted to make. And it, it opposed, as opposed to just doing a, a showcase compilation. And he did that very well, and it, and and because of that, he it, it really elevates the project over his previous LP, Grandeur. It Grandeur uh, was a decent effort from Apollo Brown, but boy, man, like is sincerely Detroit a step up? Um, and it felt like it felt like it, it surpasses that one by a mile, but it just felt more. Um, it just felt more well thought out like he with 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 his previous album and even a little bit with the static selected like it felt like he was kind of checking off a box or checking off boxes of mcs that he wanted to get on the track 
or or on a compilation so he could just say that he had them you know and and not not in every track on the static selected do, do i feel it worked on the vast majority of them it did work you know it, it was it was tracks like stop look and listen what would you do uh bam bam hardcore back against the wall um the good life those tracks really work but then but there are some tracks on the static selector that felt a little like i don't want to say lackluster but like he didn't really think it through like like okay is this mc i'm getting even though they are a really popular name are they truly truly the best mc i could have on this particular beat and i felt that apollo brown put a little bit more effort into doing that on his project and overall the bars on the apollo brown track or i'm sorry on apollo brown project they were more mature and they were more introspective and more personal whereas with the static selector i felt like i just got bombarded with a bunch of rapidy rap stuff mm-hmm. you know even people like trick trick gave like very thoughtful well you know just well written verses you know and delivered them with passion and you know and it could be maybe i just like apollo brown's production style a little more than static selector but i love them both you know and I, I thought about it these albums were 12 years apart so it's a little unfair of a matchup um in hindsight because the more recent album is going to have a little bit more advantages i guess but i got to give it to the to, to the apollo brown man yeah it was just it was just front to back fire now don't get me wrong there were definitely some skippables on both but i felt the apollo brown might have had maybe at most at most three skippables whereas the static selected like might have had like maybe twice as many yeah every time you heard turn it was a skippable I was just about to say that, man. I, I got down in my notes, like, why is terminology on five different songs? Because Boston. I get it. Yeah, he from Boston. That's your boy. Y'all probably came up in the same neighborhood together or whatever. But, man, we could have, we really could have used a little less terminology. Yeah. That's behavior, though, man. Your people. Hey, you, 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 you gave it to the guest, so, you know, it worked for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because of the checks. You called in the heavy hitters. But, yeah, I, I had a very, very... I really enjoyed listening to these these two albums, like, and revisiting them. Um, the Static Selectors, it's it's still... it's still for Even with its shortcomings, it, there, there are moments on here that really hit hard. They really hit hard still. Um, but I felt like the Apollo Brown was just better thought out, more cohesive sounding. The MCs brought a little bit more substance to the to the game. They they were actually trying to say something, as opposed to just hit you with with hot sixteens. And you know you you don't always get that on a compilation album. You know it's it's usually MCs get in and then get out and they try to impress you with you know a, a hot sixteen, but. You know, you you had people in here rapping about you know life and maturity and you know all that all that good stuff. I think um, it was because of you know having a more personal relationship with Apollo. Like these these are his people, and I think you know rather than I gotta show up for for the sessions, like yo, I gotta I gotta make sure my man's is is, is done done right. 
but also it was a lot of you know unsigned cats too so they like yo this is my opportunity and they they're bringing everything that they have as opposed to the static these are all established mcs so you might have gotten a phoned in verse here or there because it wasn't really gonna hurt their stock like that yeah yeah you're right you're right um did you have a favorite track or i don't know three favorite tracks from the static selection um i would have to go back and look at the titles i know the joint with cool g rap was probably one of my favorites what was that called let's go back and look oh think, six in uh, the morning six in the morning yeah with uh cool g and, and joel ortiz um I'm gonna go six in the morning. What would you do? Surprisingly, I thought Mims was decent on Bam Bam. Like shockingly. Oh, I forgot he was even on there. Yeah, he sure was. That nigga was trash. <laughs> um, like through and through trash, but he, you know, he came and and, and kind of delivered on that one. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go stop looking listen six in the morning and what would you do for for my three? Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna go stop looking listen. What would you do? And honestly, G-ish, like with Uncle Murder. He gave a high verse, man. He gave a high verse. Like, and that beat was fire, man. You like the Uncle Murder first thing? I do, I do, and I know I'm not. I wasn't rocking with that. He wasn't really talking my name. He was just like, "Yo, you, <laughs> you so gangster, and, and 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 yo, you be talking about all this real stuff." And then he shot the dude. Like, yeah, the messaging was not the best, but <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even care about that. It's so wildly unrealistic, and and it just was kind of disjointed. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. The track was hot. The, the beat was. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's some about Uncle brain Murder's. Off it's some about Uncle Murder's very sloppy style that appear, appeals to me. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't like his album, uh, or I'm sorry, his his annual yearly uh, wrap ups and nothing like that. But like, you get him on the right track. He he does his thing. He does his thing on the Apollo Brown. I really enjoyed. It was it was a f- quite a few. Dominance was definitely one. Stopwatch with Elzai. Letting go with Illa J and Leaf Erickson. Oh, and the backbone with Guilty Simpson and, yeah. and uh, Melanie Rutherford, and also uh, also Jacksons. Jacksons was cool too. Um, so yeah, like those are definitely my my, my favorite tracks from there. Um, yeah, yeah. So there you have it, man. We had a split decision tonight, one for the Static Selector and one for the Apollo Brown. But let's go ahead. Let's dive off into the segment we normally do around this time, What You Bumping, where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what y'all been bumping for the past week or so. Uh, so, Reggie, man, we got Reggie in the house, man. 
What you been bumping, man? I know you got something good for us, bro. Uh, yeah, I've been bumping a little bit of some everything because I ain't been on here in a while. Um, I was listening to that Doge, I mean, that Danger Mouse and Black Thought. Mm. Cheat codes. And what you I, think? Know I, mentioned, I mentioned this before, but I think Black Thought does way better without live instrumentation. It's mm. my fault. Just my thoughts. Um, but I think it's fire. Um, I was listening to uh, Money Got Wings by a Chicago rapper named Fat Money. Um, I don't know why this dude like appeals to me so much, but like I think the dude is fire. So I was listening to his album. It just dropped. And um, I was listening to Lloyd Banks, uh, The Course of the Inevitable 2. I saw that. I saw that. How is it? It's, it's okay. Um, it's not as good as the first one. You know, Lloyd Banks can get very monotone. You know what I'm saying? If he don't have the right music behind him. Um, so, yeah, it, it just starts, you know, all sounding the same at some point. I was listening to Joy Bad, uh, 2000, Fire. Mm, um, okay. Y'all haven't listened to it yet? No, no, I, I listened to it day one. I enjoyed it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I thought that was fire. And then I listened to uh, Hip Hop 50 Volume 1 EP, DJ Premier. Oh, what'd you think? I thought that was fire. I, I especially enjoyed the uh, Run of Jewels, uh, Terrible Tools. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was super dope. Um, who else? Who else? I think that's it, man. Downloaded a bunch of RB, really didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. Um, and I, I, I downloaded, uh, you know I love Currency. Um, he downloaded, I mean, he dropped albums like every other week, but he got a new project out um, with a DJ Fuse. Never heard of him, but um, I plan on checking it out. And, uh, and oh, you know what? I listened to, I listened to, uh, what is it called? Trauma Zine by Meg Thee Stallion. Oh, okay, okay. okay so I really, I really hate her rhyming like i i don't know what it is about her like ad libs i think that's what it is they like really irritate me <laughs> but it's not bad it's shocking i would say that i actually don't have a problem with megan's rapping actually i just i just thought that i was going to hear more of the same but she was actually talking about some stuff on here. Like, I mean, she was talking about what she talked about, but she actually has some other subject matter on here as well. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like her being able to rap. And I thought that was, it was a little refreshing. A little refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Showing some growth. I feel with that. Yeah, you, know who, yeah. you know who discovered Megan the Stallion? No. Q-Tip. Really? I don't know if he discovered her. I know he gave her an early cosign. I mean, I got the impression that he discovered her because he was like shopping deals for her and everything. Like, hmm. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that was that was that was that. And then because of uh, because of the, the Clark Kent interview, I was listening to some Biggie and some Jay Z. He got some he got some interesting facts about both of the two. Um and I didn't know he produced as much as he did. It was kind of interesting. 
Yeah, he he's put in work. He's put in work. A lot of like what was on like Buster Rhymes' uh, first three albums. Uh, Clark Kent did, but I didn't know he did Brooklyn's Finest. Oh, I didn't know that either. I did not know. Yeah, I did not know that either. Okay. Yeah, but he gave a lot of tidbits on that, like like some beats that was supposed to go to some folks that you know what I'm saying people stole. Um, some beats that people asked for, but that he didn't give them to because other people was, they was for other artists. You know what I'm saying? But he, he gives a lot of info on like the Jay-Z, Biggie, and Nas, you know what I'm saying? And Tupac, you know what I'm saying? Stories. Mm. So it's a great uh, listen. Yeah, I'm putting it in my queue right now. The, um, the Mav Hoffa uh, interview, right? Yeah. What do y'all think about the Mav Hoffa uh, show? Who is that nigga? He who, is, who is he? Yeah, I mean, I know. A, I mean, he's I, a battle I, like, rapper. Seen, yeah, he's okay. a battle rapper turned he's a battle rapper. media personality, basically. Yeah, he he I, just, I, but I he never was as good as the other battle rappers. Okay. I don't think he really, don't get me wrong, he had his, you know what I'm saying, his highs, oh, but yeah. he never kind of like beat the top tier caliber individuals. Um, but you know what? His podcast, I like it a little bit better than Nori's because of his questioning. Like, mm. he actually asks good questions and then he actually let the person they invited on actually speak. Yeah. Right. Nori yeah. sometimes talks over the person or the original question get lost because they start laughing or other things. It's Don't get me wrong, I like Nori's because it's a funner atmosphere, but to get like really good stories and in-depth stuff, I think the Mav Hoffa has a place, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the podcast world. Yeah, I mess with it. I, I, I was kind of standoffish at first because I'm like, eh, he a battle rap cat. Like, I don't know if this is going to be good, you know, like, but it's, it's, it, he's delivering, man. He's delivering, and it's getting better and better as he goes on and gets his, his interviewing legs up under him. And, and like you said, he does ask way more, you know, better thought out questions for people. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good time. It's a yeah. good time. I, I will say though, real quick before I go to Jamil, I will say Nori's Drink Champs episode with Patty Labelle is hysterical. I'm I, I do want to watch that one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really I, good. Like I, I mean, gotta, I gotta watch wrong. that one too. I saw it in my queue. I'm like, man, Patty Labelle can't go on Drink Champs. Like, Dude, don't get me wrong, like. You you wish you would like found on a little bit more information, mm. but because like I said, that podcast is like such a fun atmosphere, it don't really get a deep dive. But it's still cool like for her to be on there and talk about what she was talking about. It's cool, and y'all, like y'all. I think you would like it. Yeah. yeah she 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 said a lot of stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Little tidbits in there. Yeah, she had some beats. I know she had some beats in the in the R and B game. Mm-hmm. But uh, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that out. Yeah, I was I was very curious about it, Ray G, but like just never got around to it. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely. The check only it. reason why I listen to it, it's like the shortest one out of like all his ones. So I was like, I could listen to this one, like, and as I'm driving from work or to work, so I just piece it together, and I'm like, dude, this is actually pretty hilarious. Like, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to Nori. All right, Jamil, man, this week, what you been bumping? Man, it's gonna feel like a letdown because I really didn't have a whole lot this week, um, other than the, the joints that I had mentioned. 
earlier, uh, I went back and listened to the the Merce, uh, Cosmic Crips, and Interplanetary Pyros again. Looking at uh, Robert Glasper, the Black Radio, the first one. Mm. And um, other than that, just like a bunch of like old school soul and jazz like playlists, but no no particular albums. Okay, okay, not a problem, not a problem. Me myself, I was bumping, of course, you know, the Black Thought and Danger Mouse cheat codes and the the Murs uh, EP that we reviewed. Um, I was also bumping. The new Euro Drew EP, uh, Yadney Dangerfield. Um, it's, it's really dope. Check it out. It's only seven tracks. Um, I was bumping Ghostface Killer's Pretty Tony album as well. Um, I was just in the mood to hear that. I need to throw that in like a face off or something, man, because that's that album definitely deserves a deep dive. And I was bumping De La Soul Stakes is Hot. I usually bump that album around this time of the year, so it was just it was just time to throw it on, and uh, that's that's pretty much been it for me. Um, Jamil, you got any album, album anniversaries for us? Indeed, indeed. So celebrating uh, five years, got uh, Action Bronson, Blue Chip Seven Thousand, and uh, Apollo Brown and Planet Asia Anchovies, which is an album that. I don't think I've ever heard, but I want to. So that's going to be on my list for this week. It's very different from Apollo's other releases. Okay. It's you don't sonically. It's it's more bare bones. It's almost like he took a um, a donuts approach as opposed mm. to his, his usual style, where it's like very structured and very you know you know uh, uh, soulfully layered and all of that. It's it's. it's it's a totally different type of Apollo Brown project. Interesting. I think I still might check that out because I like Planet Asia. We don't we don't really hear enough from dude. Yeah, he's um, dope. I've always loved Planet Asia. I've always yeah. Loved um, celebrating fifteen years, uh, we got Quali Talib Quali eardrum. Which I always like, but I think got kind of mixed reviews from people. Yeah, I like eardrum. Yeah, I thought eardrum was dope, and we had a, a, a dope Kanye verse on that one. <laughs> this girl got a silicone booty. <laughs> Prophetic. <laughs> Would have known what we'd be talking about fifteen years later. Right. Right especially if you like it's part of the verse that I probably don't really want to repeat right now but it's it's definitely uh, ahead of its time <laughs> go back and listen to it uh, in the mood oh yeah um celebrating 20 years the clips Lord willing oh, I don't wow. want to say Lord Wilding for some reason but Lord willing definitely uh crazy right Niggas was, was was banging this out on on lunchroom tables. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, I was out of school by then, but if I was, that's exactly <laughs> what we would have been doing. Um, also celebrating 20 years this week, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff the Magnificent. It's an excellent, excellent, excellent album. Shout out to Rodney. I think he's the one put me on to that one, and. Um, Celebrating 25 years this week, 
uh, Diamond D, Hatred, Passions, and Infidelity, which is a fantastic album title, and uh, The Licks, Liquidation, celebrating 25 years this week. Oh, snap. Okay. Got some good ones uh, this week. Yeah, definitely got some heat this week. Man, for sure, for sure. Alrighty then, so that will be the show for tonight. Gentlemen, I want to thank y'all once again for carving out some time from the families and coming on to the show and making it what it is. We will be back next week, Lord willing. <laughs> we will be back next week, Lord willing, with some with some uh with another album face off and some more topics. And um with that, I'm gonna bid y'all adieu and I'm gonna say peace. Get wild when I rip the freestyle. Niggas know the down. So chill for a while. Get wild when I rip the freestyle. Niggas know the down. So chill for a while. Hey, where are the white women at?